difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah, we breaking chains over here. Yeah, you can stay over. And we're back once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And earlier, well, we got Jason Burgos warming up in the bullpen. We're going to talk about a lot of MMA, a lot of UFC stuff. But, well, joining me here on the line, this man will be fighting once again. This time it's going to be Saturday. It's on the undercard of the Tank Davis, Isaac Cruz pay-per-view. Well, he's hoping to make the most out of his TV time and get some people talking. I give you all the way from Baltimore, Maryland. I give you uh, the Mayweather Promotions rising young star. I give you uh, Malik Ward. I'm Malik, so... Let's talk about the big question. How excited are you about actually getting on TV and after everything you've been through the last two plus years and COVID and all that crap, finally, you know, be able to just make some money, fight, and, you know, get to have your fight televised? Uh, it's a pretty good feeling, man. You know what I mean? It, it feel, I ain't going to lie. To be honest, it feels like like a pro debut all over again. You feel me? I just I just can't wait to go in there and, uh, you know what I mean, display my skills. For you, how tough has it been the last two years where – most guys, are, you know, they fight, they train. And because of COVID, you know, you almost went a year without fighting because, hey, you know, there's no fights. Most other cards aren't, you know, only five or six fights, you know, total. How tough was it for you um, having your progress stalled? Not because of anything you did, but because the whole world went just, well, you know, back, you know, back crap crazy. Right. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that question again? I'm sorry. I apologize. How tough was it the last almost year plus for you where – because of COVID, your career got stalled. You couldn't fight because nobody's having fights. And it's not your fault. It's just the way it is. COVID really ruined everything for your career for for some time. Yes. Yeah, it, it really did. It, it slowed it down a little bit. But it really didn't. I just, I just stuck to the game plan, you know what I mean? Kept going to the gym. Kept doing me, you know what I mean? It really didn't. Uh, it, 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 it got me mentally a little bit. But I just stuck to the game plan, man. That's all. How tough was it not binge eating? Because that's always the toughest thing when, you know, because, you know, at one point, man, I'm guessing in Baltimore, like most of the most East Coast places, you were put on the lockdown. You couldn't go out or you couldn't, you know, go certain places. You couldn't do this. And I'm guessing for you, it's like, okay, we're going to maybe have a couple, a couple of slices of pizza, have some beers, watch some TV. And next thing you know, you're 300 pounds. You're like, oh, crap, what the hell happened here? How did you avoid that? How did you avoid not just binge eating. Next thing you know, you're like 160 going, oh, crap. Not good. Uh, I just stay active in the gym. You feel me? I kept sparring. I just stay active in the gym. That's all. That, that's what helped me. Now, did you ever get chased out of a gym by the police? Because that, that happened in certain states where all of a sudden they show up like, yeah, gym's closed. You guys can't train. Next thing you know, it's like, okay, we got to run from the police. We're not doing anything wrong, but we still got to run from the police, God damn it. Nah, no, sir. Nah, no. I've never had any, uh, nah, no, sir. Nah, no, sir. So this fight here, what's the, and you're with, you're with, uh, Boozy Ennis. So I'm guessing he has, there's some goals. One, of course, is win. But what are some of the things he wants to see you improve on in terms of your last fight? Like, what are some of the things that you and him are talking about in terms of, all right, come this Sunday, I want to see you do this? Uh, he wants to see me bring my hands up and, and, and use my jab. And show them that I got better footwork. 
Now, this would be, correct me if I'm wrong, this would be your first six-round fight. You've been fighting four-round fights. You're now pushing up to six. Yes, sir. How has it been training camp? Just, you know, all of a sudden going, okay, now we're past round four, now round five, now round six. And how do you not let it get, you know, just all of a sudden, oh, crap. I don't want to get gas. So I'm going to, you know, take the foot off the gas pedal here. I don't want to, you know, get winded. So I'm not going to, you know, go too out. I mean, how do you balance it mentally so that you're not thinking about it too much? Nah, I ain't going to lie. Camp, camp got me. Uh, The camp I did, this camp, it, it, was, it was tremendous. I ain't gonna lie. I, I've been doing uh over the rounds. That I've been uh I spar over the rounds that I was supposed to be fighting four minute rounds. You feel me? I, I I I that's not even running through my mind, my guy. Eric Manrique is your opponent. He's seven twelve and one. And I, and of course people are gonna say, oh, he's a bum, blah blah blah. He's more experienced than you in pro. Yeah, he, facts. So how tough is it? So what is it like now fighting a guy who? It's not somebody who you know, has no idea what they're doing. He does have an idea. He's been in there. He's he he has a chin, right? How do you how tough is it? You know, preparing for a guy who has a lot of experience, knows how to make fights ugly. Uh, no pressure, man. Just just you know, what I mean, same old, same old. Just got a more experienced guy. Just got to go in there and do what I'm. You know, what I mean, do what I do best. You know, what I mean, go in there and do my thing. We'll go back to a fight a bit. Boozy Ennis, he's your new trainer. So, how did this all come about? How did you and Boozy hook up? And who was the one who introduced you? And what was it like first dealing with him? You know, for a guy who he comes across very intense, like he wants you know knockouts, he wants pressure, he wants all out just attacking here. So, what was that like? You know, that first training session where you're going, okay, well, this is a bit different. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, we 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 clicked we clicked like soon as we met. I ain't gonna lie. I met uh, Bozy going to sparring. You feel me? And ever since then, like we we clicked. You know what I mean? So, what does he do to help you out? Like, is like some coach work on? They focus on well, this is what you do great. We're gonna focus on that. This is what we don't do great. We're gonna work on that. Some try to change you. Some try to implement their own methods. Like, what is he doing right now in terms of helping Malik Warren become the best Malik Warren? He doesn't. He didn't change anything. He's just adding stuff to the to uh to my uh. To my inventory, you feel me? He just, uh, he just makes sure that he stays on me. You know what I mean? He doesn't make sure I'm not lazy. You know what I mean? He just keeps my energy up. So in terms of adding, like, is he, is this something where you and your team are going? Okay, they want to see more aggression. They want to see more maybe attack. Like, what are some of the things that he's talking about in terms of adding to your repertoire? Uh, it's just using, uh, like, simple using my jab, uh, angles. You know what I mean? It's stuff that I never uh, was used to uh, doing, you know what I mean? Just adding stuff to my inventory, just adding stuff to my offense, you know what I mean? Even defense, you feel me? He didn't change like nothing. I was going to say, what's that like working on stuff? It, it sounds boring to a lot of us, but it's, it's essential. Like, you know, when you talk about angles, talk about footwork, talk about the jab. And the go, oh, that sounds boring, but you, you as a fighter, like, no, 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 I, I need this. This is like, you know. Yes, the, sir. Yeah. Basics. I feel as though the basics win fights. You know what I mean? Doing too much, you know what I mean? I think that's how you, you, you know what I mean? It's just, you're doing too much. You feel me? I feel like the basics when fights, angles, turning, stuff like that. You know what I mean? When did it start making sense? Or has it started making sense working with me? Like, you know, you're talking about with Jab, you talked about, you know, turning, you're talking about, you know, different angles coming in, you know, whether it's a Jab, the body shots, but, you know, not just straight ahead. Like, when did all this start making sense to where, you're doing it and you're not thinking about it. Uh, this fight right here. 
and actually uh sparring we've been working on it and sparring you know what i mean this fight right here i'm gonna uh, put on uh i'm gonna show everything that i'm talking about now is this the first fight with you guys you know as a, as a duo did you was he working your last fight uh no sir no sir so take me back to the last fight you know or the last you know several fights where it's been knockout 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 you, you not, knocked everybody out here right how tough is it sometimes figuring out what you need to work on when you go in there and it's like, okay, well, yeah, I won by knockout. Okay, well, I, I guess I'm doing great. It's like, okay, well, I don't, you don't learn anything because you're just steamrolling over the kids. Right, right. These, these, and those are dudes that I was, I feel as though that I was supposed to do that too. You know what I mean? You're supposed to get them guys out of there. But I think it's come to a point though, you always going to have to up the level. You know what I mean? Why not try now? So you got to be more professional, you feel me? That's all I'm trying to work on, being more professional. Last fight, it was Deron Jenkins. It was you, – you weighed 140 pounds. He weighed 144. You stopped the first-round knockout. Yes, How much of that, that fight was about just keeping busy where it's like, okay, yep, I fought in February. I have no idea when I'm going to fight again. So I'll take, all right, I'll take a short notice fight. Yeah, I weigh a little bit more. I just want to get into the gym. I, so I want to get into the ring. I want to get – I want to be active after almost sitting from December of 2019 to February of 2021. Right. How much of that for you is you want to be busy? Like how much of that last fight against Deron Jenkins was? Yeah, I'm on 40, but I just want to get in the ring. I just want to fight. Yeah, that was that was that was all it was. Just trying to get in the ring. Just trying to get in the ring and all that. You know what I mean? Just trying to stay busy. You know what I mean? It was just something to stay busy with, but. You know what I mean? I feel as though that was just something I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Get him out of there in the first round. No, and as I said, I'm impressed with that. Do you get frustrated, though, when it's like, you know, they, after the first round or second round, it's like, oh, but we want to do this. It's like, well, you know, I wasted all my training camp here. I wasted oh, my body through hell. And I'm, <laughs> you guys aren't even fighting the full, you know, 12 minutes, <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. I, I feel as though this opponent is going to be a little bit tough. You know what I mean? So I'm going to – I'm definitely going to have to, uh, you know what I mean, put, put – put, you know what I mean? Just – Use you use like use what I need to use. You feel know I me? Mean? Like I'm gonna do more. You feel know I me? Mean? This is not no you know what I mean no slouch or anything like that. I know his record look how it looks, but I'm definitely gonna have to uh, you know what I mean pick it up this fight. How much do you want to fight next year? Because this will be the last fight of this will be the last probably fight of this year for you. So I'm guessing 2022, you and your team have sat down. You know, you with Everett with Boozy, and you're like okay with Al and and, and of course Floyd going okay. I want to be more active. Two fights a year, I can't do. I need more. So what's the plan going forward for 2022? Uh, the plan uh, is fight as many times as uh, I can. You feel me? It, I don't know how many times that, that will be, but if they call me, I'll be. I'll just make sure I'm ready. You feel me? That's all. Just being ready whenever, they, whenever I get the call. Like, is there a minimum of, like, I want to fight at least five times? Yeah, you yeah, know, five I'll, times. I fight every yes. three months. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Or every other month, if, if that's if that's you know what I mean, if that's yeah. possible. Yeah. Yes, sir. It all comes down as we mentioned before is Staples Center, Los Angeles, California. Yes, sir. It's it's a different feeling, and I know you fought in the State of Farm Arena, Atlanta, but how how nice is it gonna be? You know, when it's a place. I'm guessing when you grew when you were you know younger, you were like, I, I, hey, I want to either play basketball or do something here at Staples Center, right. because everybody I, goes there in the West Coast. So for thanks. you, what's it gonna be like when? You make the you know make make the drive with Everett team and you get in there and it's like I'm in the Staples Center. I'm sitting in the right. same locker room as it as dare I say Magic Johnson. That's right. I nah, can feel chill. the magic. 
<laughs> now, actually, my guy, hey, you know, LeBron is my favorite player, like, in the whole, whole wide world, you know what I mean? So, that'd be great to uh, fight in the arena that he's played in, you know what I mean? That, that'd be a wonderful feeling. So, are you going to be one of those guys, you you, you know, all of a sudden, your locker room, you're like, hey, wait, wait a minute here. It's LeBron James locker beside me. Hey, let's get a quick selfie here, you know? Hey, selfie time, all of a sudden. Yeah, LeBron will nah. notice here. Click. <laughs> and if nah, you know, nah. he's missing, like, a, a jersey, like, hey, I didn't take it. Just, jersey just fell into my bag. Hey, it fell into nah. my bag. That's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> nah, no sir, no sir. Nah, that that'd be stealing. Matter of fact, nah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But, but I, you will, I, I you will do the selfie. I'm guessing. Like all of a sudden, you're like you're you know you're spying around the locker room, and there's LeBron's locker. Like, hey, I'm gonna get a selfie right here. Take the photo. Nah. Pose. <laughs> nah, but if I see LeBron, I definitely would want to get a picture with him. But nah, not no locker room. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I think that's just doing too much. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to have on the show. He'll be fighting. It's going to be It's going to be December fifth, this Sunday. It's going to be uh, Davis Cruz, the pay per view headliner. It's going to be this man against Eric Marinquez in a six round scrap. I give you once again, Malik Warren. Now, Malik, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And do you have any sponsors lined up for this fight coming up? Uh, I do not have any sponsors, but I would love some. I would love some uh, endorsements. But if you can find me uh, on any social media, you can find me on Instagram at LeakTheBoxer, L-E-A-K-T-H-E-B-O-X-E-R. And it's the same thing on Twitter, LeakTheBoxer, just with two. So L-E-A-K-T-H-E-B-O-X-E-R, two, the number two. Malik Warren, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are, it's always a pleasure to have on the show. We come back. We got Jason Burgos and a lot more going on only on Last Call. Last Call to the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And join me here on the line. This man's going to be talking about a lot of things going on in the world of mixed martial arts. It never gets dull. It's always uh, informative. We're going to be talking about this weekend, past weekend, and well, some uh, the news of the last, let's say, uh, 14 days. I give you once again one of my top top. Rising stars in MMA reporting, and give you all the way from it is MMA Masters. I give you Jason Burgos. So Jason, let's start off here with uh, so was, uh, sorry from from mixedmartialarts.com. My apologies once again, mixedmartialarts.com. I give you Jason Burgos. So Jason, let's start off here. It's uh, this big weekend, it's 
Aldo, Rob Font, UFC on ESPN 31. I, I know we say this a lot. It, it's, it's almost like hyperbole, but is this Jose Aldo's last stand where if he loses his fights, is it time for him to retire in terms of, well, yeah, he might still be able to beat, you know, bantamweights, but he'll no longer be that top five guy. Um, I mean, it's a good question. It's, uh, it, it really is what he wants because that's usually the thing when you have these fighters that have been legends and top stars for so long, if they're not competing in top fights for titles or in fights that could lead to titles. Yeah. They're, it, 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 it gets harder to get up and grind and do the training and everything like that and go back and, 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 and fight if there isn't kind of those high stakes and that major goal in the distance for him. I mean, He's won two in a row. Um, if he lost to Rob Font, there's no shame in a Rob Font loss, and Rob Font's a top talent. He's still hovering right there. I don't think it would be the end for him. I mean, even unless it's like a, a, a wild knockout, like something like we haven't seen in a long time, like the Conor McGregor, that might change things. But I don't think he's going anywhere. He's still only 35. Um, like I mentioned, already just won two in a row. If it's a close fight, definitely not going anywhere, which it very well may be. So, um, no, nah, I, I wouldn't say yet. Not not yet. Not competing still at a very high level. But for him, what's the high level? I mean, because when we first saw him come out, he was this – you almost want to say he was, he was a goat in the making because mm -hmm. nobody could stop him. I mean, you threw everybody at him, whether it was uh, in WEC, guys like Mike Brown, Uriah Faber – Cub Swanson goes to the UFC and he just starts rolling over like Frankie Edgar, Chad Mendez. Uh, I mean, you know, beating up Mark Hominick, uh, Ricardo Lamas, Shang Tsung Jung knocks him out. But all of a sudden, after Conor McGregor, it was almost like he goes into a tailspin. And look, I get it. You know, he, you can't, he was at one point just almost automatic. You put him in there and he wins. But you right now, ever since I'd say the McGregor fight or even the Bendis fight where he was 25 and one, he's now gone five and six. And you wonder, is that good enough for him? Is he happy being sort of a 500 fighter? It, it, to me, uh, when you're fighting at the highest levels, it's, it's, unless you're the elite, unless you're the champion, it's hard to just be dominant. And I think, and in the fact that he has continued despite like a, a barely near 500 kind of record is that he's still fighting irrelevant fights. You know, in, 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 in our rankings on mixed martial arts.com, he's sixth in the division, Rob Fonts four. Like as long as he's fighting in like top 10 level fights, which are very meaningful fights, relevancy fights, still in contention fights. I don't think he'll go anywhere. Cause, and I think that's the thing, like I was mentioned before, like for f fighters at this level, they need a motivation. They need a reason to go into, into camp and do all these things. They need a fire. They, they, it's just not money. So it seems like for him, just relevant fights, meaningful fights, ranked top 10 kind of fights, that, that seems to be enough for him. Meanwhile, let's talk about Rob Font. Uh, at what point people were sort of writing him off? I mean, he was, you know, 15-4. People were like, all right, well, he might not be that great because he lost John Lineker. No shame right there. Pedro Munoz, okay, you know, it's in Brazil. Rafa Asuncao, and people are going, well, that, the injuries. Quietly, he's 4-0. When you look at the last four wins, and it's Sergio Pettis, who's the Bellator now, bantamweight champion. Uh, Ricky Simon, who's always a tough out. Mario Murray, who he knocks out. And a lot of people think probably ended Murray's run at anything, you know, substantial in the UFC. And 
Cody Garbrandt. I mean, is it safe to say that Rob Font is quietly making a name for himself as a top three bantamweight? Oh, without a doubt. And, and Rob Font is, is an example of what makes mixed martial arts such a fantastic sport because you can't really do this in, in boxing. You probably can't do it so much in kickboxing and all these things. And that you can be a fighter, good fighter, hit some ceilings, hit some some tough losses, hit some setbacks, seem like, oh, well, this guy's he, he's only this kind of fighter. He's he's reached a certain level. He's he's only that. And you can evolve. You can get better. You can change. And and you nailed it with all those things. Like people thought that when he lost to Lineker, to Munoz, to a Sun Sal, especially at that time in 2018. And Sun Sal was like that guy that's always hovering around contention. It's like, oh, you can't be a Sun Sal. You're not really a contender. And he's turned that around to four really good wins. And and if he can beat Jose Aldo, I mean. He really is a top three. He's if he can do that, especially if he can stop him or dominate him impressively. There's no reason to say that, that he's not in the class of a Dillashaw, in the class of a Jan Sterling. Like he's that kind of guy, and and that's what's so fascinating about this fight because a win. Maybe some weird things happen. Maybe Aljo doesn't come back. Maybe he lands in a title fight with Jan. Or he's in a, a fight with TJ Dillashaw, which is still a huge, meaningful fight, and, and it further establishes him. But yeah, without a doubt, he's a legit, elite, elite-level bantamweight, and, and this is one more chance to prove that what a lot of people believe. Break down this card for me here, because I, I get the UFC is putting on just card after card after card because it's about content. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else to care about in this card? I mean, give me some fights you're looking at going, all right, yeah. You got to pay attention because this guy is, you know, legit. This guy looks pretty good. Hey, this guy might be a world title contender in the next couple of fights. You know, and, and I, I, I'm not a fan of those, like the MMA journalists who will go on Twitter and everything's great. And I'm excited about every fight. I can't wait for the card to start. I'm not one of those guys. There's some cards, some UFC cards that are just trash. And, and, and you know, that that's the point of like what you mentioned. They're putting on content. Sometimes it's got not good. However, this card actually has quite a few pretty like interesting cards i mean interesting fights rafael fiziev that's a guy that's become one of those fighters that like everybody kind of now looks forward to seeing so seeing him versus a really good guy and brad riddell comes from a good team in city kickboxing very talented playing a spoiler that's a very good fight that's not your normal co-main event nonetheless still a good fight jimmy crute versus jamahal hill that's a couple of good bangers that finish fights or on occasion get finished that's an exciting fight Chris Curtis and his his comeback, his return fight after what he did at UFC 268. Can the Cinderella story continue against a guy like Brendan Allen, who's always you know viewed as a very good, talented prospect? Manel Cape, you know, back. He's always an exciting fighter. Even uh, Alonzo Minifield versus William Knight. These two big ass, gigantic muscular light heavyweights that are powerful strikers you know that's a kind of don't blink something crazy could happen kind of fight and even like alex morono versus mickey gall that's a cool little sleeper fight where you got these two kind of i don't want to be mean to say journeyman but that's kind of where they are but there's still guys that put in action fights and maybe not something that jumps out at the casual but that's a fun fight you know it's not filled with stars but the card does have quite a few fights that, you know, are worth tuning into and watch it because they could be pretty entertaining fights. And we actually got a card like two, maybe three weeks ago, <laughs> finishes all over the place except for one fight. So I think it's a worthwhile card. You mentioned, you mentioned it before with Font, but, you know, it's in, only in MMA can you go from up and down, up and down. And then, you know, 
you still are around because you know you can always reinvent yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. One fight I want to touch upon is Jimmy Crew Jamal Hill. Both guys sort of were a little alike in that they were you know these prospects coming out. People were excited. They win a couple of fights. Then they get really shoved to you know quickly up. They lose. Then they come back to a couple of fights. They get shoved up you know quickly and they lose. Uh, is it safe to say UFC's lost something with their matchmaking in terms of they're killing a lot of prospects almost in terms of they're rushing quickly? As we mentioned, Jimmy Crute went from Sam Alvey to hey let's say, hey let's match up against Mirsha Serkinov. Uh, okay, and then he wins you know against Michael Olszak, uh, Modestus Busaka, Bukasas, and then you go hey let's match up against Anthony Smith. Okay. Is there a part where even you're looking at going, okay, this matchmaking really needs some uh, fine-tuning here? Um, you know what? I feel like it's somewhere in the middle, which maybe it's actually a good thing because there's those fans out there that when a, a fighter is very talented and there's a lot of hype behind them, they want to see them in the big fights. They want to see them against a big names right away. Especially they, they debut and, and have big finishes. And then there's a, that segment of fans that prefer the strategy, slow burn. Let's get this guy build him up slow prelims, you know, against people of, of his level skill set, age and slowly build. And then we start getting the big fights when he's really ready to go. And I'm all for either or honestly, but this feels like a, in the middle because with both guys, they kind of did develop them, give them a two, three fights and then give him like a, a solid name, like Jimmy crew contender series, Paul Craig, Sam Alvey, you know, if you can beat those guys, finish them like you did. All right. Serkinov that that's a, that's a, okay. That's a nice solid step up. And he, and he failed. Give him two more fights. Hey, you know, you look like you got it together. Maybe Serkinov was a bad, uh, just one of those tough nights. All right, we're going to give you Anthony Smith. You know, so in the end, it's opportunity. And the UFC are trying to develop, but also offering opportunities. And I think most of the fighters would be happy with that and and a chance to get those big fights. And hey, for, in Jimmy Cruz's case, big two big fights, he, and he couldn't get it done with Jamal. Jamal. Um, similar thing, you know, uh, contender series, Got three fights. That third one was Ovin Pru. TKO's OSP, a former title challenger. Hey, you get Paul Craig. And I thought he was going to beat Paul Craig. And then Paul Craig is just red hot right now and beat him. But I, I think it's a good middle area where they, they're maybe not doing a sixth fight slow burn to the to the big ones, but like a good two or three fights. And if you're getting finished, hey, we're going to give you some opportunity. It's up to you to make something of it. So I'm okay with that. Speaking of opportunity, uh, opportunity has been always there for John Jones. I mean, he he does it's not lacking that, and <laughs> now it's come out again. He just when you you just when you think okay, John will behave, he's not gonna do anything stupid. He just goes into deeper debt. This time, I'm um, going out on basically a tirade against um, Mike Winkle, John calling him a phony, a fake. He's ruined the gym. He can't teach anything. He's run out of uh, all the guys, you know, you know, phony moral oral. What's it going to take for John to basically get back into th- inner things? Because you can bet there's a lot of now fighters over at Winkle John who at first thought, okay, John, you know, we want you to come back. Just please be quiet. And all of a sudden, like, this sort of reminds me of, okay, I'm just going to nuke everything. Screw it. I don't care. I'm just going to nuke the planet. What's John Jones thinking? <laughs> your guess is as good as mine and it's probably uh derived from how much alcohol he's ingested that day it's just 
it's a sad thing and it's it's very confusing but it's not necessarily something we haven't seen before in celebrities in, in other industries and and even other sports where someone is doing things wrong and we've even seen it with conor mcgregor you know you're doing wrong you're making huge mistakes you're handling yourself in unprofessional matter a poor representation for yourself your family the sport and there's backlash for it and they react back at it they 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 aren't open to the critiques and he 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 kind of reacted back to his when he got arrested and went on twitter was like oh you know like you, you don't understand and we're all me and my wife are all good and you know all these kind of things and and it's just like we talked about off layer, not necessarily surprising and it's just a question of of when does he hit rock bottom it's that it's that thing where addicts need to hit rock bottom before they can really make any change. And this is a guy that he's going to need to hit rock bottom. This isn't a guy that cares about what the media is saying, probably doesn't care about what friends are saying. I'm sure there's someone that's maybe said something and probably what he did is said, F off, you're not saying what I want to hear, bye-bye. And that's what's what happened with Mike, Mike Wickeljohn, who you would think would be as influential as anybody. But when you have a Mike Wickeljohn say, listen, John, you need to clean up your act. And then a Greg Jackson go, it's okay, John, we'll figure it out. How are you helping him? You're not helping him. You're just, you're just enabling, you know? So when you have a surrounded by yes, man, he's just going to have to hit rock bottom. And what that is, is it's kind of scary to wonder what that could be. Is John Jones, and I hate to say this because it sounds hyperbole, but we now got to start thinking about this. Is John Jones going to end up like War Machine Mm. or even... I'll even go one further here. That's Aaron Hernandez. Because we sort of joke about this here. We go, okay, yeah, you know, it's going to hit rock bottom. But when you think about it, he's already had problems with drugs. He's already had problems with the hit and run where he hit a pregnant, a pregnant woman and ran. He's already had problems with assault and battery. And now he's had a problem with domestic violence. I mean, it, I get UFC wants to keep him because they're, they don't want him bringing the belt off. They don't want him to be in PFL. At what point does Nizdi get involved and go, look, you got to get rid of him. He's just, we don't, we are terrified. He's really going to just kill this MMA, you know, MMA all golden goose and end up having UFC fighter arrested for murder. Details at 11. Mm-hmm. And that's John Jones or that's Conor McGregor. And I'm like, Conor, John doesn't want to seem to play ball. So at what point do we go, he might be the, you know, the next Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, and that's really the most frustrating thing about all this is that a guy like Dana White, understandably so, wants to make the UFC more so than MMA itself, but the brand of UFC on the level of the big sports. And in the big sports, this guy would have been released. He would have been cut by his team and he would have been sent packing. But in the fight game, the fight business, it's as ugly a sport and it's as blind a sport to the ills of its athletes failures and and, in life and some of the things as any i mean like mike tyson went to jail for rape came back with a superstar boxer you know floyd mayweather is a poor example of of a person and yet he's a superstar you know the fight game is an ugly game and this kind of behavior as long as you the acceptance of this behavior as long as you can make us money, it's just, it's, it's a tradition, unfortunately. And, and I don't, like we talked about welfare too, is that 
it's probably going to just have to be something that's out of the UFC's hands. Because honestly, if they drop John Jones and he went to one championship or Bellator, it hurts them in no way. Like it's not going to make any kind of difference. Like the, the brand, the UFC is golden. They have all the top stars. And then people are just going to, oh, well, John Jones is going to go fight these people that are way below his level. He's beating a bunch of cans anyway. So nobody's going to care. Like it's going to be great for those brands, but the UFC has too much of a mark share. It's not going to affect them. So it's going to have to be, he goes to jail. Cause you would think hitting a pregnant woman in a car should have been enough. Nope. You would think drug abuse and acting a fool alcoholism should be enough. No, you would think abusing your wife to where you hear these stories about their kids saying, Oh, I think you need to tell the, tell the hotel staff. I think you need to call the cops. That should have been enough. No. He's just going to have to go to jail somehow. It's going to have to get real ugly before, and it's going to be to have to taken out of their hands, which is a sad, sad state of things because the UFC should and could be so much better. We end this show with something that's, it's disturbing. And I, and I said, I don't usually use those words in MMA, but I, I, I got to talk about here. Frank Mears, I, I like, he is one of the nicest people if you know him who wears his heart on his sleeve, who's, who loves the sport, who loves his family, who generally, you know, if he could, he would do this for the rest of his life. He's made money. He does not need MMA. He can probably do Bellator commentary, UFC commentary. He has TV gigs lined up, you know, yin-yang. Last weekend, we saw him in Triller against Kubrat Pulev, who this isn't some, you know, washed-up fighter. This isn't Jake Paul. This isn't you know, Ray Mercer. This is a guy who was first off a year fighting for the world title against mm-hmm. Anthony Joshua. Yep. And oh, by the way, is 28 and two with 14 wins by knockout, including wins over guys like Tony Thompson, Samuel Peter, Huey Fury. He's a legit heavyweight. Trailer put them in in a triangle like shape. <laughs> and and, and I, we're laughing here, but you look at poor Frank and he, there is there's at one point where he's just not there. I mean, he's literally the referee's not doing anything. Even Pulo's going over like, okay, you really gotta stop this here before I kill him. I get we all want, you know, rock him, sock him action there. Was that something though that if you look at that's one of the few times even you can say, Yeah, I'm sort of dis- I'm disgusted with being part of this uh, sport. I what the hell was I watching? <laughs> uh, oof. I mean, that should be <laughs> all of ours of thoughts and opinion, but I don't think it was. It was just more pity in a way, probably for Frank. Um, it's just an age, it's fight sport. It's ugly. This is a professional violence. This is punching someone in the head until they're not standing anywhere. This is the nature of it. I mean, we've seen people that are younger and 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 talented. This happened to them. So the violence angle of it and seeing him. <clears throat> hurt and, and and badly hurt and poor refereeing not saving him um it, it's not so so much the, the issue it's just you know it's him you know it, it's it's him being 42 having so much mile on him and 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 you you said so much of the the key points like like what's the what's the purpose why are we still doing this i get it you want to be competitive and stuff like that but in a world where we know things about like cte and all this kind of stuff and everything what's what's the point is it necessary and i get you know, and that's always the hardest thing I think for any athlete. And I've never been anywhere near to have any kind of passion like that, that you, at some point you are believed 
you know, be, before you're a senior citizen that you're not equipped to do it anymore. And, and then it gets taken away from you. And, and how do you fill that void? I can't imagine that. It's almost like a drug going back to John Jones in a way. How do you fill that void? But, um, and that's the, ugly, all going back to the ugliness of sports, especially fight sports, that they will continue to allow him to fight. And that's maybe where things like commissions maybe need to come in. And even though they're doing the testing, maybe there there needs to be certain rules or something at a certain point. Okay, if you are past 40 years old and you've been knocked out this many times, um, you, sh- there, you should have a finite amount of fights or, or something like that. But it's tough. It's tough in, um, in this society, particularly about independence and all that kind of stuff to tell somebody you can't do that anymore. You shouldn't do that anymore especially when we have a Mike Tyson come out and, and fight and look fantastic and stuff like that. So it's a tough thing. Um, I didn't feel so much bad about the result in, in general, in terms of the sport, but more bad about watching Frank Mir go through that when he could be doing better things. But I mean, you, this doesn't happen under the sport. So when I say that you don't have the NFL going, Hey, you know what? Let's put the Boston college egos against the new England Patriots. Cause Hey, let's have some shits and giggles. Hey, you know, or Major League Baseball going, hey, let's have uh, the California high school, you know, championship baseball team take on New York Yankees. Hey, let's have some fun. Or even, you know, the NBA going, hey, let's bring in, you know, the Harlem Goldtrotters take on the NBA All-Stars in a competitive game. And hey, let's have some fun because they all understand, okay, there's there should be some sort of, okay, you know, we don't want to get people embarrassed or hurt. It doesn't help. There wasn't a point of this. I mean, you knew going in there, Frank Mir had no chance. He's a 42-year-old MMA fighter who's on his last legs, taking on a top 10 heavyweight contender who's still in the somewhat prime and has been very competitive, you know, very dominant. It's almost like, you know, look at boxing, go, well, this is a sideshow here. Hey, let's have, you know, it's almost like one step of aim. Let's have Kim Kardashian versus Ronda Rousey. Because, well, <laughs> God damn it, somebody's going to pay a lot of money. I want to see that. <laughs> but we, I mean, at what point do we go? Yeah, this is going to be a little weird. Let's, hey, let's have a baby versus a bear cup. Because, well, God damn it, somebody wants to buy it. <laughs> Those are fair points, but I all I could say is it, it's sort of an apples and oranges thing. If you were if you were maybe doing this with NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, I, I can get that, but. Fight sports is just a very different thing. And, and, and I don't want to keep saying the same thing, but it, it's there's an ugliness to it. And part of that is in the matchmaking and in fight sports, you're selling names instead of, say, selling a team. Like you have these loyalty to teams and it's upheaval to sell an event and to make money and sell tickets and get papers. You have to have names. And Frank Mir is a name. And that's just, that's been the history of fight sports as, as you know, Sugar Ray Robinson was fighting much longer than he should have because he was a name. There's a lot of Sugar Ray Leonard, and and that's also in lies the 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 reasoning is it in it in that sports, especially fight sports, anything can happen. I have no doubt. A lot of people are like, why is Buster Douglas fighting Mike Tyson? This is ridiculous. He's gonna get killed, and he wins. Why is George Foreman at his age fighting? Fighting Michael Moore, this is ridiculous. He's going to get smashed, and he wins. You know, yeah, but there's a, there's a big difference in between those. Those are boxers who, you know, yeah, you say that, but it wasn't like, you know, it was George Foreman was winning fights and competitive against a lot of heavyweight champions. It was like you're going, okay, he's just somebody needs to help him out, and he has no idea what he's in there for. It's you know, Buster Douglas was still a top ten heavyweight, 
We're talking a guy, I mean, Frank Mir, who is no, who's not a boxer, against a guy who is a skilled boxer. At that point, as I said, why not just put in Vin a some tough guy, you know, hockey fighter against Francis Ngannou, or put in hell NFL, you know, you know, running back against you know Israel Adesanya, or hey, let's put Tyson Fury in there against hell LeBron James. Usually, people say no because you look and go. Yeah, we're risking something here. Somebody's going to die. And we're end up getting, getting people just really come down. And I was going, what the fuck are you thinking here? Part of my language. I mean, I guess the thriller is that I look and go, at what point is this no longer about just, you know, sport, fight sport? It's about just, well, this is a carnival show with sort of a dog fighting mentality. We want blood. We want somebody just to die. Well, I will say, in a way, I think you answered your, your own question. Triller, ha- it's carnal. That, that's kind of what it's based, built its brand off. It was the promotion that gave Jake Paul. It birthed Jake Paul into combat sports, which has worked great for him. It, it's birthed, you know, Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul and Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. It's always been that freak show. It had Metallica at the event. You know, they're doing the Triller verse and, and, and stuff like that. But I will add, though, I think in a way, maybe maybe Triller matchmakers, maybe they were trying to do this in a fair way. And I will add that they maybe they fooled themselves. Frank Mir did fight Steve Cunningham. I get and, and now Steve Cunningham is not on the level of Kubra Pulev, but that went to a decision. So maybe they fooled themselves. And think, hey, he fought Steve Cunningham, did OK, United decision loss. Uh, maybe he can hang with Kubra. And then also this was under these new rules it was in triad combat it wasn't a boxing fight even though it, it became a boxing lesson it was you know there's this idea of okay we have grappling we could do spinning back fist, we could do spinning shit and all this kind of stuff maybe that brings the, the divide a little closer and i'm sure a lot of people just figured a lot of the boxers would win on this card like they've been doing when mma guys to go over to boxing a lot of the mma guys won it, it just so happens frank w- was probably the poorest matchup of the bunch and and he paid for it um but um, it, it's a lot of elements, and that's why I say it's apples to oranges. It's hard to compare it to other sports where you know there is this constant upheaval. You have a team, and it's a team game. You know, we're in the fight game. It's about building names. It's about selling names. It's about selling tickets. And 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 Frank Mir is a name, and and it's a, he's a main event level and UFC heavyweight champion. So uh, they probably fooled themselves. I don't think they were out to 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 get him destroyed and 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 killed out there. But uh, that's kind of almost what the end result was. Well, very heavily, gentlemen. Once again, you, you can check him out. We're all over the place. He's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. He's also on mixedmartialarts.com. I give you once again, uh, will be one of the top rising editors and journalists in the sport. I give you Jason Burgos. Uh, Jason, before I let you go, where can fans check you out? Up if there's any other place I have not mentioned that, like where is like the Instagram, the YouTube channel? Where else can fans hit you up at? Yeah, all of those uh, at Jason Burgos MMA. Uh, like you mentioned, check out my work on mixedmartialarts.com. Also, check out my work on Sportsnot, spelled like a juggernaut, but Sportsnot like that. And I do some uh, boxing-related a little bit over there. I do some AEW rankings, rating stuff over there. So you can find my work as, uh, on Sportsnot as well. Jason Burgos, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always our pleasure. I'm on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on only on Last Call. Last Call to the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.
welcome back everyone to its last call last call to the alcohol on the only on the blue wire hustle network and i want to thank my two wonderful guests we had earlier today it was uh malik hawkins earlier in the hour looking forward to seeing him fight once again it's going to be cruz versus tank davis pay-per-view december 5th i'm looking forward to it and i'm looking forward to malik warner the tutelage of Boozy Ennis, that's going to be a great fight. And also, once again, for, for MixedMartialArts.com, Jason Burgos. It's always great talking with him about what's going on in the world of MMA. We talked about this weekend's UFC card, everything under the sun. So we've talked enough about, you, about MMA. I want to focus on the boxing this weekend, and it's a bit of a weird one. We had some great fights last weekend, and you figure, okay, will it be top? Can anything top that? It's going to be interesting. You're going to have two lightweight champions fighting back-to-back on December 4th and December 5th in both Los Angeles, of all places. That is what they say is ironic. Uh, let's start with December 4th. It's Devin Haney versus Joseph Diaz Jr. It's, it's Crossroads fight. Actually, it's not. Sorry. It's in Las Vegas, of all places. My apologies. But it's a crossroads fight for both men because you keep hearing about Devin Haney as how he's going to be the next great you know American fighter. Hey, he's he is you know the big American champion, and you can't you when you look at it and you go, you know, why is he not big? You know, a bigger name. Why is he not a bigger star? It's because you look at, you know, part of the, part of the reason is the record. And, yeah, it's, it's a great record on paper. 26-0, 15 knockouts. But it's a lot of, yeah, but he hasn't faced anybody, you know, worth, I'd even say, top 10, you know, material. Uh, and you can ask me, you know, why that is. And part of it is because he's not, he was never with Heyman or with Bob Arum, so he was... He basically got what he wanted. Um, the other part is when he does fight guys, there's sort of this, he fights he fights to win but survive. And I say that is he never really goes for a kill. He doesn't really want to get hurt. He doesn't really like to expose himself to any risk. And if you're, if you're trying to win by knockout, you have to do that. You have to, you know, risk, you know, something here. Or else, otherwise, it's just a, a very bland performance. And the Jorge Linares fight was a great example. You know, Linares is a guy that if you pressure him enough, if you attack him enough, he will fold. His chin is not great. And with Devin Haney, there's almost times where he looked and went, okay, Devin, maybe it's time for you to, you know, put more pressure. Maybe it's time for you to really attack here. And he never did. And it's a bit weird because you looked and went, okay, but it should be a bigger fight. Joseph Diaz Jr. will bring the dog out of him. And look, credit to Diaz. He's a guy who has, you know, reinvented himself ever since the Gary Russell Jr. loss. Um, you can always say that he has always brought the action. If anything, he just, he just doesn't have the power. We'll be interested to see what happens in this fight because his last two fights, 
he's had problems where he almost has trouble with power and with, you know, really pulling away from guys. And one of them, you know, you look back at the Shabkaza Rockamount fight, but it was 130. The last fight he fought that was supposed to be for the his for V vacant IBF title because Diaz missed weight. And you know, here's the guy who's 59. You figure, okay, well, he should, you know, he's the bigger guy. Then show the power wise. And even in the Javier Fortuna fight, you know, he won because Fortuna is a guy who just loads up on one shot and gets just sort of sniperish, as I call it. He looks at perfect punch. And can he do? I don't think he can do that against Haney. Haney will be also very busy. He will be a guy who will, you know, has fast hands, so you can't just do, you know, do what he did against, you know, Fortuna and try to steal rounds. So for Diaz, we're gonna see can he can he get can he hurt Haney? Can he throw Haney off his game? That's gonna be a big question here. And meanwhile, you leave the undercard here for this fight. Well, Jessica McCaskill here, it's a big fight for her because we, we had her on the show and she said she wants – her goal is simple, is simple. It's Katie Taylor. She wants a Katie – she wants a rematch with Taylor. She feels that next time around she'd be better prepared and you figure that should happen because she won't be, you know, a younger you know, version of herself. She will be somebody who – understands what to do and everything. She needs to get it by Candy Watt. And I think at this point, she needs to just also really put, you know, I'd say go for a knockout so that you can bang up interest in that. Because Katie Taylor can do whatever she wants. She can go up and wait. She can go down and wait. She does not really need any division. But the more another contender makes noise, the more that helps sell the fight. And that's what, of course, Eddie Hearn and Katie Taylor are looking for. Another fight to watch out for, I'd say here, it's the heavyweight fight. Philip Hergovic versus Amir Amadovic. It shouldn't be anything big. But Hergovic looks like the next big star for the heavyweight division. And this is a guy who... He has the pedigree, Olympian. He has the size. He's a massive six foot six, 13 wins, 11 by knockout. He's 29 years old. He'll be, this will be his third fight in the United States. Uh, debut, he goes out and knocks out Gregor Corbin in the first round. And then two fights ago, he takes on Rydell Booker, you know, drops him in round two, knocks him out in the fifth round. They're waiting almost on him. It's almost like they're just waiting to find out what the hell's going on with heavyweight division. He's still young, and I get what Eddie Hearn and with Sauerland are doing. They're trying not to just rush the kid. And it's easy when you look at it. I mean, you know, he, as he said, he, there's probably a lot of people going, hey, you know, let's, let's give him a big fight here with uh, a PBC heavyweight. Give, you know, give him a fight with Luis Ortiz or Andy Ruiz and somebody like that. Hey, well, you know, European gold medals and the world champions. Hey, you know, he was you know, a bronze medalist in the Olympic 
games in 2016, only lost Tony Yoka. A lot of people thought that was a very close and controversial decision. But you forget when you see him that, you know, he's still young in the division. He still is a guy that you look and go, okay, he needs to grow a bit. But while you get why he's why he's watching right now of his own, it's a great it's great to see him fight. I'm telling you, that's a fight to look for. Meanwhile, you have a PBC putting on a pay-per-view fight December 5th in Los Angeles, California. Tank Davis versus Isaac Cruz for Davis's WBA regular lightweight title. You also have Sergey Divyarchenkov versus Carlos Adamas for a 10-round middleweight scrap. That's just pure action right there. Plus, Sergio Garcia versus, versus Sebastian Fandora, a WBC junior middleweight title eliminator here. It's almost like, you know, it's that's a packed car you look at. Then you get Eduardo Ramirez versus Miguel Mariaga. Look, Davis and Cruz are the headliners. They're both undefeated. Yeah, Davis is a heavy favorite, but Cruz is a guy who just comes to fight, and he's for he's done that a lot of his career. Just basically been a little pisser who comes in, you know, brings the heat, makes it you know a tough fight. You know, rust people up. Is he pretty? Eh, not not really. But as I said, his nickname is the Pitbull. And you know, when you're twenty one and one with fifteen knockouts, including go. You know, Couple, you know, first round knockout over Diego Magdalena. Well, first, uh, a very impressive win over Francisco Vargas, which a lot of people were shocked at the way he just dominated Vargas. He's not going to back down from Davis. And look, Davis is is still a smallish fighter at five foot five, sixty seven inch reach. Yeah, he has he has sick power. But if you can, you know, negate the power, if you can make it a fight where he has to walk in and take shots, you can, you can somebody is eventually going to just wear him down and go, okay, you know what? We can do what we did to Teofimo Lopez. If we take away his, you know, the, you know, for him, you know, planting his feet and just chin checking us and making a rough fight, making you know what. I, a green, you know, a gritty fight. We'll see if we can drag him to deep water. That's the fight card this weekend. It's going to be some great action. It's going to be December fourth, December fifth. The zone only on Showtime pay per view. I'm excited to see it. But we got to wrap this up. So once again, for Malik Warren, for Jason Burgos, this is Chris Carr saying I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up. Only on it is last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.